I don't even know if this music is copyrighted, but it's whatever. I'll, I'll upload it anyway. Anyway, I'm here with uh, I'm here with my brother Vic. I'm here with my boy Troy. We're having a good time. It's uh, it's Sunday night. I'm Eric. We about to get Chris and Josh in here. We're gonna have some good conversations about crypto and and Sasquatch and all that good shit. Dude. It's gonna be fun. More crypto than Sasquatch. And about life. Bro, you should make your own. You should make your own crypto and call it Sasquatch. It only coins. cost about, with marketing and everything, about five thousand dollars to make your own coin. It's really easy to yeah. do. I can do it. I can do it within an hour and a half. With the, what the BEP twenty, right? Anyone can make. Anyone can make it. Yeah, you just make it off of Ethereum, right? Use it as the main mm -hmm. source, and then you just transfer it like using Pancake Swap. Pancake Swap, and then uh, Sushi Swap. Uh, they they they're going they're blowing up um, i don't know I any of this app. it's called uh let me see if i can find it real quick so i can tell you guys oh wrong phone hey so right before the podcast started we were talking about some of the stocks that we're in when it comes to crypto and vic over here thinks dogecoin is not scary to be in whereas i think dogecoin is one of the scariest stocks to be in I well i mean it depends on how you look at it if you went ahead and got in in the hype, oh, you're, you're holding bags, 50 and above, 50 cents and above. You are holding bags right now. But you got to understand when it comes to crypto and, and I'm new to it, too. So I'm, I'm not even a year in it, but I'm in this discord and they talk about this 24 seven. There was a point where I was on that shit about two, three months straight. And I had I have just retained so much information about it, how it works. How, how the scalping works. Uh, there's something called futures where you can make more money. That's what I'm scared of is futures. And and that's where you go ahead and put like, I don't know, a thousand dollars. And so and if that shit goes up 1%, times that by a hundred or times that by a thousand. But if that shit goes down by 1%, you're liquidated and you're gone, you're done. You lost your thousand dollars type of shit. So that, that's the kind of stuff that I'm scared of. And maybe it's because I'm not, I'm not educated enough for it. Uh, but when it comes to like crypto and as a whole, I think it's the future. I mean, it's, it's the way where you can demonetize money and it's not held by anybody, but, but you, you're in charge of your own money. But my question to you is going to be why Dogecoin, right? When there is an unlimited cap to it. Like the like the U.S. dollar. Let's talk about that, right? The U.S. dollar has an unlimited yeah. cap. As much as we want to print out, they will be. Therefore, inflation is killing us. Uh, go to go back What's to 1940, the, right? The, the average house price was I don't know, twelve thousand dollars for a house. Whereas now it's I don't know, maybe two hundred thousand. That's due to the fact that there being an unlimited cap of money. Now you tap into coins such as Ethereum or Bitcoin, who have a cap. So when it keeps going up as in people are buying it the value of it's going up there is no cap and that's why i'm scared of dogecoin because it reminds me of the us dollar i understand but you you, you own us dollar right <clears throat> well i'm forced to but yes okay so what's the difference between having dogecoin and having a dollar they both have a limited cap we we made what was it what 30 one third of the money that was made last year was the entire amount that the U.S. government has when it comes to money. It was printed last year. 
Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not scared. I'm not trying to compare the U.S. dollar to Dogecoin per se. I'm, what I'm trying to say is why. Would you jump into Dogecoin where it reminds me of the US dollar, whereas other coins such as Ethereum or Bitcoin have a cap, which is nothing like the US dollar? Well, I mean, so again, I'm not as educated as I would like to be when it comes to that part of, of the cryptocurrency life. But for what I remember, what I understand is although it's an unlimited cap you can't just make it all day every day there's there's certain times on when it's released so there can be like two or three years to where even though it's being mined it's not going to be just dumped at that one time so I, it's a little different and i mean once i go ahead and figure that part out i can answer your question a little better but hey but to the moon right now dogecoin is up like ten thousand percent Right. No, I mean, not wrong. To the moon is all I got to say. So we got Joshi wanting to join. Although it's gone down a significant amount, if you had that shit when it was under a penny, you're still up. Oh, yeah, you're going to be a millionaire. 40 times? Like, I bought I bought Dogecoin at 3.4 cents, sold at 3.9. Biggest mistake I ever made in my life. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I make some money? Absolutely. Obviously, I made gains, but you could have been a millionaire. If I would have waited, yeah. If I would have waited till fifty cents, I would have been a millionaire. If I would have sold at its cap, I would have been a multi-millionaire. Right? That's how much money I put into it. So, I'm not saying Dogecoin's not going to make somebody money. I, that's, I, trust me, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just more in the fact of trying to figure out why someone wants to hold Dogecoin long term over coins such as Ethereum or Bitcoin. One reason. One reason why I'm holding Dogecoin. Uh, what the future holds and uh when it comes to dogecoin elon musk is, is behind it um and he's already confirmed that he's gonna go ahead and and, and shoot a rocket to space that's gonna go around the moon he's already called it doge one and when that time comes which is gonna be in the beginning of next year the first quarter he's actually gonna go ahead and fund an entire project with dogecoin I mean, about does that does that mean he's selling multi multi millions, or does that mean he's mining it? Right, there's a big difference. No, that means he's going to purchase Dogecoin, and that's going to go ahead and make the entire ecosystem of Dogecoin just skyrocket. Now, after a dollar, is it going to go above a dollar? I don't know. I think it's going to hit one twenty before it starts going back down. If it hits a dollar, I hate my life. I don't know too much about Dogecoin. I just don't think it's a viable source, like as of right now, right? Because I feel like when I hear anything about Dogecoin, it all has to relate with what Elon Musk says, right? Uh, Elon Musk is is the the. Right now, it's. Uh, let me see. I mean, if you take if you take Elon Musk out of the picture, right? Where where's Doge at? Where's Doge stand? Like, how's it even relevant still? I would say five cents. Now, believe it or not, Dogecoin hit a thousand dollars a couple years ago. Hold Dogecoin on, we need fact check. not hit a thousand dollars a couple. We years. need fact check that. That's if not you true. You go to you go to tradingview.com, you go and look for Dogecoin, and and I believe it's under Binance.us or no, it's on it's under Binance. You hit Binance, and I don't remember the date. You got to go back, I think, a couple years. And you're gonna see a huge spike that hit a thousand dollars. How's that not showing up on Robinhood though? Like 
Coinbase or Robinhood doesn't show this. Dogecoin wasn't even a thing until like what 2013 or something. Well, I bet it's two years ago, but I mean, Doge. I mean, all the crypto trading platforms do not have Dogecoin ever hitting that high. So I'm not sure how you're seeing that. I, oh, oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and find it real quick, and I will screenshot it. Let's do it. Yeah, post it. Send the receipts. I don't know. So who, when who got on the uh, the group? Uh, Josh is. Chris doesn't want to be recorded. Hey, Josh. Um, I don't even think Josh is on right now. Hold on. Yeah, it's just me and Vic. Josh is gonna join though. That's what he said. He's gonna join. But um. Oh, Chris is not gonna get on it. Why not? Nah, he doesn't like to be recorded, bro. What's the reason? He's lame, bro. I don't know what to say, bro. He's the he's the guy who told me he wants he wants to die at sixty eight years old or I mean, 64, 64, 68, bro. Like that's retirement. I mean, I that's your golden years. I don't want to die that time, but if I live that long, I'm he happy. says no. But he says he does not want to live longer than that. Okay. okay. He said that's it. Cut cut it. And if that's the case, he's already halfway there. If that's the case, he should retire to prom at fifty. Yeah, but I mean, like only ten. But here's my, I mean, we could go into this later, right? But like, like when I'm sixty. For, you know, I want to be retired. I want to have grandkids. I want to travel. You know, I want to enjoy uh, the last years of my life with my wife, seeing the world, and and you know, things I couldn't do now. You're not gonna have a wife at 64. What do you mean, bro? What do you mean, bro? You know, bro. My wife will be will be with, what you talking about, bro? I'm gonna beat your ass. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take your wife. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're not doing this this time. I'm gonna be your kid's dad. Yeah, all I know is I'm still. <laughs> what? <laughs> all I know is we're still waiting for the link because there's no way Dogecoin hit oh, that I'm high. Looking, yeah, I'm Vic. I'll, Vic, I don't know if you can Photoshop something that. I gotta find it. Hold on. Find it, aka Photoshopping. No, something. it's not Photoshopping because once <laughs> I find a date, you know what? Let me just Google the date real quick, and then I'll be able to find it. All right, let's see this. Let's see this. I got to mute myself because I'm drinking into the mic and that sounds nasty. In the meantime, I have an interview tomorrow for a job. Oh, yeah, bro. Let's, let's hear about this. bro. So I'm a, uh, I'm a senior software engineer potential. Actually, I am currently, but the uh, job's also for a senior software engineer. Um, Past two different interviews already. Now this is a technical. Damn, so how it works is a third party is going to interview me and pretty much tell the company I'm potentially going to work for if I have the knowledge base or not. When if I do pass, which I should, but if I do pass, they're going to just uh, start interviewing me with the team, AKA the um, hiring manager and the whole team that I will be working with day to day. That's simple. And so what kind of technical questions are going to ask? Like they're going to give you like a, like, is it algorithm algorithmic based programming or yeah, they didn't tell me, but yes, it's going to be out. I already know it's going to be. They're going to probably give us questions like. It's got to. Because you're you have, a senior. Yeah, all absolutely. If you have like two different lists of numbers or strings, right, I, I want you to do X, Y, and Z with it and how you're going to do that. Yeah, I Google, mean, Google asked me one of those questions, bro. As an associate for an associate position, I failed. No, they're definitely going to be hard questions for sure. Um, they don't always expect you to answer it perfect. A lot of the times, they just want to make sure you're thinking on the right track. I have a. I hope I can answer it perfect. The only time I'm, I don't is when there's algorithm-based questions, like you were saying, that I just don't know the algorithm. 
I can't I can't answer a question if I don't know the algorithm. But a lot of these uh, companies they do allow Google. Uh, if they allow Google, I should be all right. If they don't, I'll be struggling. It's that simple. Still waiting for that link. Give me a second. Give me a second. I gotta find it, man. It's like super hidden for some reason. Are you sure? Like it? Oh yeah, I've seen it. I've gone to that day because I didn't believe it either, and so I went to that day and I saw it, and I saw that spike, and I'm like, oh shit, he wasn't playing. Now it was only up there for like five minutes. And uh, I mean, I can make that myself too, right? A quick, a quick website that says that. I mean, I'll go ahead and send you the link so you know it wasn't. Hold on. I need to see this. Doge, but then, but then the on claim top is of, Dogecoin hit a thousand over a thousand dollars years ago. Well, on top of seeing this, I need to validate the source and then also trying to figure out why does is there a discrepancy between this source that you're about to send me and the core sources such as Coinbase, Robinhood, etc. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's it's in the trading view. And that's where that's what people use to look at the, the stock market. They look at, uh, you know, the charts. You just got to find it. And I can't find. Wow, I cannot find it. That's crazy. Yeah, bro. All right, so we got to wipe that off the board, bro. All right, we, can't, so we can't use that as a support. So it's not valid. Not valid. Invalid. Invalid. not wiped out yet. Just got to give me some time. Sorry. L's and L. That's all right. Though. Well, I was saying earlier, I think we should make our own uh, crypto and call it Sasquatch coin, bro. Like, how tight would that why, be? Why, why Sasquatch coin? I don't know, bro. It's just catchy, bro. Sasquatch. Nobody else came up with that name. Sasquatchcoin.com. That'd be tight. I mean, it's not hard. And then, and then, like, in, like you would use it with all the national parks out there. So if they wanted to sell, uh, I don't know, merchandise at the, the gift store. They take U.S. dollars and Sasquatch coins. That'd be tight. It's a small niche, but that'd be tight. I just came up with a good idea, bro. I mean, it's not hard. We can do it. All right, you do it. Do it for me. How about we do it together? We can do it together. I don't know how it would feel if I ever got rich off of a pump and dump crypto coin that I made just for fun. I mean, that's what people did with Doge, right? Yeah. I mean, there's other coins that are worse than Doge when it comes to pump and dumps. Oh, yeah. Because Doge did get pumped, but the dump correlated with the Bitcoin stump and all the other big coin dumps, right? The whole crypto market as a whole crashed like 50% in a day, in one day. So that's not, I mean, I don't think that per se, I don't want to say uh, it's, a, it's a puppet dump. I don't believe Dogecoin is. I just think that it followed the market trend. And that's that. I think it will go back up to 70 cents. I don't know how long. But I, think I definitely will. think it will. And I think it will happen soon. What's soon? It will hit It will hit 80 cents by the end of the year. End of the year. That's, that's bold. I, but I, I, I can, I can, I wouldn't bet against that. So you wouldn't bet against. That? I would not bet against that. So what's, what's, what's stopping you from putting a thousand dollars in there right now, knowing that it's, you're gonna make four times the money? Because I think Ethereum Classic could do the same thing. 
In fact, I think Ethereum Classic well, can do more. Ethereum Classic would have to hit, uh, what? what? What is it now? Almost, I think it passed two grand today. So it, w it would have to hit eight grand. No, 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 no. That's Ethereum. Ethereum Classic is at 50 cents oh, right now. Ethereum okay. So Ethereum Classic's about to upgrade its security to SHA-2, which is the most secure algorithm-based uh, program out there. My oh. problem about Ethereum is that their, their gas fees are just too high. Their what is? Their gas fees. Whenever you go ahead and do exchanges with Ethereum, they, they charge you an arm and a leg. Oh, well, I'm not in Ethereum, so I'm not, I don't know too, too much about Ethereum. I just know more about Ethereum Classic than anything else. Real quick, yeah. Joshy just joined. Uh, shout out to Joshy for joining. What's up, Josh? Yo. What's Yo, up, Josh? Thanks for having me. Yo, thanks for having me here. Anytime, hey, Josh. Thanks. It's your birthday today? No, it's, it's like next week. No, nah, it's it's like in like two days. It's on a Wednesday. How old are you going to turn? 26. And what are you going to do? Uh, I am definitely not sure, but like I know either Monday or Tuesday, I'll do like a pre-birthday stream on Twitch, so. All right, well, Wednesday night, if you're not doing anything, that's wrong. You got to do yeah, something. You got to do something. I don't care if it's Wednesday or, you know, any other day of the week. It's your birthday, man. Joshy's going to get lit, bro. Joshy can Joshy can get lit. Bro. All right, Josh. Is, hey, let's get together and get lit on Wednesday night. Yeah. Anyway, Josh, uh, you just joined the conversation. They're talking about uh, cryptocurrency and Dogecoin. I don't know if you know anything about Dogecoin. Um, I don't really know anything as much as they do. Uh, I just know yeah, it's, uh, it's fake yeah, news. Yeah, I'm in the same. Uh, I'm in the same position as you are. So, <laughs> well, my question to you is: someone that doesn't understand it at all, what is it? Is there any sort of interest in it? As in, do you think that there's a potential chance that it will actually become a currency worldwide, or do you think this is just a joke, without knowing anything? I mean, it, it may like it may seem like a do uh, a joke to be honest, because it's like. We all know that that dog meme, of course, from where the icon comes from. But like, I think this is going to be turning out like worldwide. I mean, if anything, like, um, if anything, when it comes to currency like that, it's like, I think this is going to be like worldwide. And then, um, like if, if stock currency, like Robinhood can get like extremely popular worldwide, then I'm pretty sure like Dogecoin can get popular worldwide. So let's let's minus Dogecoin specifically to that coin, crypto as a whole. Do you think that's going to be welcomed worldwide within the next five years in the sense of I can buy a house in Colombia using a coin? Um, I'm really not sure though. I mean, because crypto has done like quite a lot in like over like what under a year they already even have like freaking credit cards that are powered by crypto so Bit there could pay. be a possible chance that you may be able to buy a house which is coin and i feel like joshi is is like saying what the the majority of the population that's not into crypto would probably be saying as well oh yeah i think what you're saying is how i'm taking what you're saying is i think there will be a chance but i'm not sure right yeah because I, I think there will be 100% a chance that we will be able to buy anywhere in the world using one currency, one currency being crypto. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be Bitcoin. I'm not saying it's going to be Dogecoin. I'm not saying it's going to be Ethereum. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying crypto is a currency as a whole. And you will be able to buy anything in the world based off of one certain crypto within the next five years. 
I agree. So therefore, buy crypto. I mean, just just look at what everyone thought that Bitcoin was a joke. I know Bitcoin at four hundred dollars in college. I had five thousand dollars that I could throw at anything. I had five thousand dollars. And I knew it at four hundred dollars, and I laughed at it. And I said, four hundred dollars—that's crazy. And I was playing around with penny stocks, like one cent, two cent stocks. Lost a little bit of money in college with it. When I said a little bit, like five hundred dollars, and and that was it. Then I got out. I said, oh, this isn't for me, right? I just got scared of it. But let's go back. If I would have done that and put five thousand dollars, it was four hundred dollars, and it hit, you know. How many bitcoins did you own with the four hundred? One. No, no, no. I said I had five thousand. I had $5,000 that I could have bought Bitcoin and it was at $400 at that point. So if I would have dumped my five grand at it, right? 5,000 divided by 400 real quick doing the calculation is about 12, right? 12 Bitcoins. So, I mean, as of today, if I were to sell it, right, that's $437,000. But it could have been worth eight hundred thousand dollars three months ago, right? That's but crazy. Would you have waited for it to hit. I don't probably not. I, I mean, that's right. I mean, that's the well, that's always the question, right? I mean, you, to sell at the highest point is luck, but just think about that. We're talking in college. We're maybe eight years ago, eight ten years ago. Uh, yeah, it's probably eight years ago, right? I could have had. Five thousand to four hundred thousand dollars, no problem. That's amazing, and I think that it's going to keep happening. I mean, time time goes by as fast, man. Like, well, this is the thing. Look, if if I said give me twenty grand and you can't touch it for twenty years, you're going to be like, hell no, <laughs> right? And 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 I and I can tell you, there's a fifty percent chance that your 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 twenty grand's worth three grand in twenty years. There's also a fifty percent uh, chance that your three uh, three grand's worth one point two million. You're still probably gonna say hell no. All right, it's risky. Not everyone's really, uh, you know, willing to risk that. So, I think this is this is one of those risks that if people hold on to this for 10, 20 years, they're going to be making a lot of money. If they don't, they decide to sell early, which I did, for example, on Dogecoin. You're just gonna make a little bit of pennies compared to what you should have made but we'll see you know like i said the whole market can crash right you don't know yeah dogecoin in 20 years dogecoin could be at one cent yeah it's it's complete random and that's like something you have to keep on like checking whether the stock market goes up and down so i mean that's 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 understandable do you invest in uh stocks in general that are backed by the sec For me, no. Why is that? Uh, I don't know. I know I invested like in stocks for like AMC when I got um, when I got the download to the app for Robinhood, and I bought like I think it was like four shares, and it's currently up at the moment. Like I haven't I haven't checked out much lately, so. Don't you own uh, Publix? A little bit of Publix stock too. Yeah, just a little bit, but it was like a it was like a free stock um, that they give like maybe like an um, if you go like a pass above a year, then it's like they'll give you like that free stock. It just they just gave you one stock. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, it's just one, and I still get, like, paychecks. Um, I still get, like, checks by mail from them, so... So you still... It's, like, I, I think it's, like, maybe, like, once every month, I believe. Do you still work at Publix? No, I, um, I know I, um... I left a place, like, a few years ago. I used to work there at my store for, like, three years until I moved into Amazon, where I got hired, so... And I'm currently waiting for my uh my next response for like my next new job uh it's for sprouts so yeah he just uh, had an interview this past week yeah so hopefully i can get uh the job they can accept me in so yeah i think uh joshy said his interview went well uh my cousin kevin had an interview as well that didn't end too well for him man but, uh, well i have happy. one tomorrow so hopefully it goes well Damn. Yeah. Well, I wish you uh wish you the best of luck for your interview. Thanks. I hope hope it goes well. If it does, we'll go to phase three of the interviews, and then if phase three goes well, we'll go to phase four. So there's four interviews. Yeah, it's four interviews in order for me to get this job. And then from there I get an offer. A lot of times it's like negotiation between the offers, but I mean I mean, that is if they uh, offer me something low. But yeah, like for um, what I do, there's definitely negotiation within $10,000 of an offer. Is that, is, is four interviews a lot for you? Uh, four interviews is probably the norm. Yeah, right. okay. okay. I mean, that's what I thought too. I mean, yeah. like... You get that first interview with probably what HR right. over the phone, right? Screening. Then you get sure. a, then you get an interview with maybe like your your manager, and then uh, after that you probably get a meeting with like the district manager and then the the VP. Well, that that's how I that's how I normally interview. Right. Yeah. Right. For for my job, I had a HR screening, and then I met with the manager, a one on one manager, and then we had a technical round with the manager and the rest of the team. And then for the final interview was with the director. So that was four interviews. And then after that was the offer. So yeah, that's, that's normal. How many interviews did you get Josh? Just one? Um, I got two interviews. Oh, and... you did. Okay. So you got two. Yeah, just, yeah, just two interviews. And I'm just waiting for like a response. They told me that it's it was uh from seven to ten business days they'll let me know by by email so did you ask oh, him any good questions like when the, when the interview process they ask you hey do you have any questions did you ask him some good questions yeah um <clears throat> i was going to ask them like uh which location um if i do get accepted like what was like the location and it's like either one of the current ex uh existing locations that are currently out now or Probably the new um, new building that they have, which will be open around next month. Uh, so yeah, there could be a possibility where I could actually be in their new store. So so quick question about that question, right? When you're getting uh, interviewed, they're not upfront already about the location you're gonna work at. It's kind of like in the air. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it okay. was just like it was, I was just curious about like the location because it's like they have like over like. 200 stores like you know all over across the u.s um and it's like i saw 
I saw there were locations that were like a lot close by me, like 15 to 30 minutes away. There were like three stores that were close to me. So it was just like, I but, don't know if this was specific or it's just complete random where I'm going to be sent at. But so. the store location wasn't in the job description when you applied? Did you apply online? Yeah. It says like it was like a brand of Florida. Like that was like 15 minutes away from me. So. Okay, so you you would work at the Brandon of Florida Sprouts, if that's the case. Yeah, I hopefully can get it. It's like 15 minutes away, so. Well, some of the questions I love to ask, right? I mean, me personally, I mean, I think what I do is a little different than uh, what you do, but I love to ask questions at the end, right? Because that shows them that you kind of give a shit. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. You always want to ask questions. That, that makes... That makes them sure that you're interested in the job. Yeah. And, and, you know, asking, even if you ask, like, you know, just, I don't know, just regular questions, you know, just like, you know, how, how do you like the job? Things like that. You know, how do you like the environment? What, what you know, am, you, you, it's kind of like you're interviewing them. One yeah. of my uh, favorite questions I like to ask, like that, the hiring manager would be, uh, what keeps you up at night? I think that's a really good question. Kind of, kind of, no, no, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> I said, bro, no, we don't want nobody to feel uncomfortable, so we're not going to talk about our porn hub. Wow, hold on, I didn't say that. We know that's on uh, somebody's Google search history here. I'm not going to say no name. Uh, look, so some of the questions. I mean, I, as always, right? Some of the easy questions that you ask at the end is, "How's everyday life to life?" You know, what's the work-life balance? But some of the Deeper questions, especially if you're asking the hire, talking to the hiring managers. If I were not to get this job, you know, what candidate would beat me? What are you looking for, you know, in somebody else that I do not have? What can I work on, and or what can I be studying in the meantime before I get this job in order to make sure I, I excel day one? Right? Those are some of the questions that go, oh my gosh, this guy really does care about this job he's about to get. Let me think. Whether you do bad or good on the interview, they're gonna go. Wait a second. This guy cares, and motivation and determination and just collaboration as a whole, like, really make a hiring manager want you on the team. Because a lot of these companies, they can teach you on the job. Right? As long as you're smart and you care and you want to learn, they'll teach you on the job. Um, but the people who think, oh, I already know how to do this, they get on a team, they don't know how to do this, they're not motivated. It takes them a lot longer and it's a lot harder to work with those kind of people. So those are some of the questions I like to ask. And those are definitely going to be the questions I'll be asking myself or the hiring manager uh, when I have an interview with them. So, Vic, you, right. you're, you're a manager at the place you work at and you've probably interviewed some people. What are, the, what are some of the questions that you look forward to answering or being asked? Well, since the whole pandemic started, uh, it's presentation is one <laughs> and so uh lately uh, you know since the pandemic where they don't really have the option to come into the store uh we have to interview them through uh like a video call like a video conference and one of the things i'm looking for is even though you're not there you have to dress the part you have to tell me that you're that that you have that you don't wear a tank top, don't wear a, sh a shoe uh, a shirt with <laughs> holes on it, and and unfortunately some of the candidates that come through, you know, through me, 
to interview, wear shirts with holes in it. Uh, one of the last ones that I, I had interviewed uh, before um, before we hired the, the girl that we have now, it, I, she, she picked up the video call. I was with my district manager. She was on the other call. And this girl had had a hole in her shirt and she was on her bed. Like laying down? Just sitting on her bed. You can see the bed post. Like how how would you feel when you know you open up your video call and <laughs> the person is not dressed correctly and she has she's sitting on her bed. I mean that's, a, that's an automatic no hire. <laughs> but you would still have to ask these questions. Absolutely, but it would just be like, here I go, wasting my time. How quickly can I get out of this because she's not getting the job? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was I can imagine it would be like the most awkward like situation. The fact that like this is all on video too, so on the interview. I mean, some of the basic questions is you know, you know, how do you handle stress? How do you handle handle stress under pressure? Uh, you know, what's your great greatest weakness? Because a lot of people already have that that uh, answer for the greatest strength. What's your weakness? You know, um, another one would probably be you know if you if you're still with your old job, why are you leaving them or why did you leave them? Things like that. Uh, just basic questions. So, so I think I think it's a great question. What's your greatest weakness? And I would love to go around the table and ask everyone that because I want to see how everyone answers that. That's a good question because it's easy to brag about yourself, but to sit there and put yourself down. That's hard. Yeah. With that being said, why don't you go first, bro? Okay. All right. So, you know, let's just say tomorrow or whenever I talk to my hiring manager, they say, what's your, your biggest weakness, right? I'm obviously going to tap into a professional world. I'm not going to tap into personal or relationship wise, right? Obviously. But I would say my biggest weakness from a professional world is being able to organize myself when it comes to multitasking. Right. I mean, I can do two or three things at once, but when I'm getting thrown things at me, eight to 10 things at once, I don't care if it takes two hours to get each of them done. It's hard for me to focus and get those things done in 16 hours. If there's eight of them and it takes two hours each, that might just take me 24 hours, which, you know, which is almost double the amount of time. That is my weakness from a professional perspective. And I need to work on that. There you go. What's to go next? <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say my answer. <laughs> I can go next. Oh shit! Okay, Josh, go ahead, bro. Step up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, almost uh, quite relatable to his, where you know I can do the multitasking, um, but it's just one of those situations where my this comes to show where it's just like the the problem solving by yourself and all, and it's like I know it's like. You know, it's okay to raise your hand and ask for help, but there are some times where it's like you really can't like raise your hand and ask for help when like there's gonna be nobody around, you know, to ask for assistance. <clears throat> so it's like you need to you need to find you know you need to find a way to get yourself through the problem solving by yourself. And I think it's like where my weakness comes where um I struggle um I struggle quite a bit when it comes like just problem solving by myself and what to do, um, you know, just like with or without assistance. Um, and it gets, uh, it gets a little bit like flustering at times. Um, but after just 
after just getting through that, it's like, all right, well, at least you know, at least that's over. So. <clears throat> yeah, man, I think that's a, I think that's a real brave thing to say too, right? To admit that. Yeah. Uh, so. It's like you know, of course, like nobody's perfect, and like we all ask for help. It's like, and I just, I just have that. I just have that type of mood and usually it goes you know usually it it goes by me from time to time like through every day of my of my, my whole life where it's or it's just a lot of the pride and it's like you want to do everything by yourself and all but um you know a lot of the times i'm just afraid to just you know to raise my hand up and just ask for help uh, uh and that's that's a definitely a fair uh, answer yeah because Thank you. There, there's a lot of people that I know inside the workforce who are working on things for two, three days, and then fourth day they go in and say, I can't figure this out. And I'm asking myself, stop. You're not just spend 24 hours trying to figure this out, right? Three work days. Yeah. And they're going, oh, no, I did. And I'm saying, no, no, no. You need, like, from what we do for a living, right, you spend four hours-ish tops on a, on a issue that, and if you get stuck, you're asking questions. Simple as that, right? And so, as a manager, if, for what I do, if that was given to me, I would I would notate that. And when the offer is given, I would make sure that I will work with you to make sure that you have the ample resources, such as team members or documentation, to be able to help you with problem solving. So that's that's a good answer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I mean, when someone asks me that. Um, I tend to go ahead and turn a negative into a positive. Um, there's a couple ways you can do it. I mean, you can go ahead and do it that way. And, and what I normally do is when it comes to me, what my weakness is probably uh, instead of delegating things, and, and it can be a hard task or an easy task, I, I tend to go ahead and, and work better on my own. And so instead of me delegating things to other reps or other managers, I, I tend to go ahead and do it myself because I like to be a professional you know, per perfectionist. Um, so what I'm doing is uh, I'm slowly trying to go ahead and delegate the, the easy tasks to other people to, to stop myself from overloading myself. And so, you know, as long as you go ahead and talk about what you're doing to try to achieve your goal of not having that as a weakness is what I'm looking for, honestly. Um, so, and that's what I'm looking for when it comes to me you know, interviewing people, it can be like a non-essential skill too. So, I mean, tell me something that, that, that is your weakness that has nothing to do with the job. And that's why you're doing this job. That's why you, that's why you want this job. Um, another, another one is, like I said, mentioning your, your skills and how you improved it. Um, so that's how I look at it. And I, that's an easy one for me. So I think, uh, I think my answer would be, um, uh, like realizing when to say no, right? Uh, and I say that in the sense that, you know, I build software, right? I'm a software developer, uh, but I come from a customer service background where I was trained for four and a half years to to uh, think that the customer is always right, right? You gotta abide by the customer's um, requirements. And now that I'm building software, uh, the clients that we have, um, you know, they come to us to build their software, right? And sometimes the requirements given um, aren't feasible, right? And sometimes they may not make the most sense. Uh, so sometimes I find myself trying to fulfill uh, those requirements uh, 
that are out of scope, out of my skill set, maybe out of budget. Um, and now my efficiency is going down to drain, right? Uh, and my productivity is going down to drain because I don't know when to say no. And that's something that I got to work on. Um, I actually had a one-on-one -on -one with my manager too about this. Um, and I'm just starting out, right? I'm sure when, when I get a little bit more experience, if somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, can you go do this? Um, maybe, maybe I could be like, no, I'm, I'm busy with this, right? Instead of taking on more work and then I'm overloading myself and then I just go down the drain. Right. So I think my biggest, uh, opportunity would be knowing when to say no and knowing when to take on more work and, um, like, I guess prioritizing things. So that would be my answer. And that's, I mean, so Eric and I, we both do the same thing for a living. Um, and so that's, that's good. Right. So that's, it's crazy to hear four different answers. Um, four different people, right? Because no one has the same weakness or majority of people, I should say, that's not true. Someone has the same weakness, but majority of us do not have the same weakness. Um, and, and I have absolutely no issues, right? With what crew said, I have no issues with telling somebody no, right? Uh, I've been in requirement meetings and I've been like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Or no, that's not in our scope. Or no, that's going to make our timelines go past. Um, and so that's cool to hear that, you know, he deals with that because of his background. And like I said, it all goes back to the manager though, right? They absorb this information and they are able to allocate time, resources, and just internal knowledge on how people are to assign tasks because that's a that's their job, right? Their oh, yeah. job is not per se to do the job, but it is to get the job done. And with knowing we have five different people with five different personalities, five different weaknesses, this guy is not weak on this. You're going to take this call and you're going to make this work and you're going to problem solve this and you're going to assist here, right? And that could be done just due to the fact that everyone honestly answered that question um, with, you know, with honesty. So it's pretty cool to see. It's pretty cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's really good to hear the person's weaknesses because you can go ahead and pair that person with whatever weakness they have and, and pair it with someone else that, that that's their strength. And so you have, I mean, when it comes to my job, it's one team. So everyone has to work together to achieve a goal. Um, so that's one of the good reasons on why they ask about your weaknesses, because they want to see if you're a good fit for whatever they're wanting you to do. Right. Yeah, same here. Right. So like if you were my, if you were our managers, right, Vic, you would, you'd probably realize and you'd probably ask me the question, right? How do you how do you deal with uh, customers in the sense of requirements, etc.? All right, and I could say, I can give you my answer, right? I'm gonna go into detail, and you can realize I'm strong when it comes to being able to say no and or putting my foot down. And yeah, you could be like, okay, cool. So then the next meeting that happens, you can say, hey, Cruz, make sure you tap or Eric, make sure you tap onto uh, Troy's meetings, and then you can reach out to me and say, hey, make sure you invite Eric on on your meetings. And then just over time, with him listening, he's going to realize it's okay to say no, right? This guy says no all the time and or he has reasoning behind why he's saying no. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, did, actually, yeah. I actually didn't know you were a manager. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, there's one one way to say no with no reasoning at all. But there's another way to say no with reasoning. 
<laughs> oh, there has to be reasoning. I tell you that now. You can't just say no. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you don't you don't just no, say no. You're fine. <laughs> right. No. They, I do have a question. Uh I do have a question for like so how many like years have you been like working like as a manager though? Who are you talking to me? Yeah. Um it really just depends because I've been with my company for twelve years. Yeah. And I have been a manager in different aspects of the job. Right. My current job, I've been a manager for five years. Jeez. And before that, uh, before I took this job, I was a trainer. And I used to hire, well, I wasn't a hiring manager, but I, I used to train the new hire reps on how to, right. how to complete tasks. And so, I mean, I have a lot of skills in different aspects of the job that I have. And it all boils down to, you know, what product we're selling or, or, or whatnot. Right. Currently, five years, I want to say. Yeah. And I'm actually trying to get back into the training field in my job. So I actually just applied today to go back into that training role. Uh, and, just like taking a break from all that. Yeah. Um, and I did that just because of my lifestyle and, and and, and all that good stuff you know everyone has I, I don't like being in the same spot for too long right and so when it comes to me I, I like to go ahead and move around and I've been in this position for so I think this is the longest position I've been in when it comes to the company I'm with right and so uh, it took me a couple months to, to figure out maybe it's time for me to go ahead and go a different direction yeah. Although I still want to stay. That's, that's how I. That's the same way how I felt when I was back in like public for three years. I like got the third year, like the second year, um, I couldn't get it like accepted it to Amazon. But because like the thing is, was to, like, although definitely hire anybody without like no interviews. Um, all you need to do is just pass a drug test, and uh, you know they they give off like the green light for you to just walk in and start your day. But it's like slots were like pretty much limited um the best way you know during and you can only get hired through the holiday seasons like it starts around like maybe like october for openings and um you know and it's like you know you'll, you'll get a like email you got an email or a call where you'll start on your first day so but like you know the spots were very limited and if you were able to like apply during like maybe around november, starting november uh, there was no chance that you were gonna get that open spot. Like there was no no chance at all that you're gonna get that open spot position uh, to get hired. So second year couldn't get it. Third year um, I applied so early and I got it, um, but it was like at the same time like between two places I couldn't like work two places like with the holiday season. So it was like that's why I like. I had to leave i had to resign um you know sacrificing for something greater and that's what we all have to do in our lives when if you want to move forward you just have to you know you just have to sacrifice something you know in return for something greater you know yeah that's true uh for, you know i also want to bring up something like maybe for the benefit of for those who are listening right now uh what are some questions that you would recommend they answer the next time they step into the interview room Right. So like, for example, for me, I would say, hey, ask, uh, ask the interviewer uh, what keeps them up at night and how do you say no professionally? Those are two questions I, I always ask. 
Does anybody else have any like recommendations? Yeah, I mean, I've I've never really thought about asking it in the sense yeah, of me targeting either. him per se. I mean, like I think I mentioned it. A lot of the things I'm asking are, what's the day to day like? Work balance. I will ask, you know, how long you've been here and why have you stayed here this long? You know, um, but I've never really gotten to thinking about asking him deeper questions than that, right? So that's 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 a good thought. What about you? What kind of crazy questions have been asked to you, Vic? I mean, you're the one that interviews people, right? You have to have some <laughs> crazy questions. Crazy asked. ass stories. No, I mean. I mean, when it comes to my job, it's pretty stable and there's not a high uh, churn rate when it comes to the business that I'm in. So I, I really haven't had that many interviewers. Um, and sadly, none of them really ask me any questions. I mean, the questions that they, they would ask is, you know, just the general questions like, you know, you know, what's the hours like? Uh, how much the pay is like? You know, things like that. And, and and those are not really questions that I can really answer completely, just because I don't I don't know. Um, I don't know how much you're gonna make. That's something that HR is gonna go ahead and talk to you about. They're gonna go ahead and talk to you about what they're gonna go ahead and give you. Uh, when it comes to the question to where you know what what's the hours like. I, I would tell them, well, we're open from, I don't know, eight to eight. And uh, you, you, it's, it can be anywhere between that and it can be any day we're open every day. So, I mean, it, but that's that's normally already been taken care of when, when I ask them what, you know, uh, when it comes to them coming on board, I'm already asking those questions. I'm telling them, hey, so, you know, what's your availability? You know, this job's going to be from 8 to 8, Monday through Friday. Right. And, right. and Saturdays and Sundays, we, we're open from, I don't know, 11 to 5. You know, are, are you going to have any issues with that? Um, are you going to have any issues with working overtime? Because, you know, during the holiday season, we might need you more. Are you going to have issues with that? You know, things like that. And that's how we kind of weed the people out that don't really want to work. Right, I was about um, to say, as a manager, wouldn't that make you feel like they're they're not as you know, I don't say motivated, but passionate, passionate about getting that job, right? Because if I mean they know they can look at the, you can Google it, right? You see the hours eight to eight, so you you can you can expect yourself on on worst days working a full day, or you can you know expect yourself working maybe in half day, but isn't that kind of a de deterioration? Or no to you? Uh, to me, no. Just because everyone's everyone wants to know, you know, what their hours are, and and in the perfect situation, you want to work nine to five Monday through Friday, you know. Um. So I mean, it doesn't really bother me when they ask those type of questions. They're just curious. Although, yeah, you're right. They can go online and, and Google the business and find out when it's open. Uh. But I, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't. I don't really judge them too much when it comes to those things, just because I'm, I'm looking for someone that's motivated and and wanting to go ahead and learn on on the spot. And it's it's hard. I mean, I ask them questions like, you're gonna get frustrated. You know, you're gonna you're not gonna know what to do in these situations. How, how are you gonna respond? And and when I ask those type of questions, that kind of already gives me an idea of of, of who they are and and. and what they're willing to do or, or if they don't they don't know anything about the job 
they're they're willing to go ahead and learn on the job, things like that. Got it. Yeah, I think asking any questions is probably better than asking none at all. Facts. I know people who yeah. go on an interview, and like the interview lasts uh, two minutes, and they think that went that that's a good time, right? I've heard people like, oh, the interview lasted only two minutes. I'm so, like, only two minutes. Right. So my goal, not in a technical interview, right, but in a hiring manager interview is going to be able to make him go, oh, my gosh, it's been 30 minutes or it's been an hour, whatever the time slot is. We got to get off. Thank you for your time. We got to go. Right. If, if I can do that, I know I successfully won that interview. Um, if we're at 20, 23 minutes in and he's like, OK, so any questions? That's when I automatically know I messed up. So mm -hmm. that's my input on that, right? You you want to make it uh, you know, just so smooth and flow so well that they're going, wait a second, I've been here for 30 minutes. We got to go. Our time slot was 30 minutes. Thank you for your time. I'll, I'll reach back out to you. That's why I'm sitting back going, okay, talk to you soon. Yeah, I kind of had that same experience where, you know, I had, I've, I've had some bad interviews and I had some good interviews, right? Uh, the bad interviews last like 20 minutes and we're under time, right? And we're ready to leave and you kind of, you could you could you could tell right you get that vibe and then i have interviews where we go over our time right um so the interview was scheduled for a half an hour we went an hour and hour and 24 minutes right and we didn't realize it until the end where he's like oh shoot you know i have a meeting coming up uh do you want to keep on talking or do you want me i could postpone the meeting or what have you i'm like yeah you know if you want to go you go and you know Stuff like that, but you can you could tell, right, when you, you really hit it off well with somebody when you don't. X. Absolutely. So And I agree. I feel like the longer the interview is, the better chances you have that they're interested in you. Yeah. If they go ahead and start cutting that interview off in what in less than twenty minutes, uh you you best be asking some questions yeah. because if not, you're no, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, so if your average interview time is five minutes and less, you're doing something wrong, right? And if you you walking out of that interview saying, yeah, I think I did well, you might want to reconsider and, like, gather yourself and try again. Because <laughs> that's not good. That, I've never heard somebody get hired after a five-minute interview, except Damn. for, like, these, uh, these like, scams, right? These uh, scam trees. What were they called? Um, like the pyramid, pyramid schemes. schemes. Yeah, there you go. Pyramid schemes. You're in. We need you. Yeah. No you are the key to our... <laughs> To our success, come on in. Okay. And and one of the major things when it comes to interviews is keep it positive. Don't don't talk about your old job in a negative way. Don't talk about your life in a negative way. Always keep it positive. You want that mood to be positive, not negative. Right. You That's never true. want to say, "Oh, I left my old job because I hate my manager." No. Oh, right. you I, never I've want had to say people that. say that. Yeah, oh, but I left my job because my, my manager, I, I didn't really like her that well. And then so I'm like, well, can you give me a, an example of, of, you know, why you feel that way? And and they will tell me a story. And I was like, wow, wow. I just baited you. Right. No, <laughs> get all right. Because there's a ton of different ways to approach that, right? You can say, I, I left my job because, you know, uh, I mean, the I mean, you can say, top my head right now i'm not really thinking about it but um uh, there's <laughs> there are a ton of different ways you, i mean i'm looking for future growth i'm looking for new opportunities right i mean 
uh, I was I was stuck at my position due to X, Y, and Z, and I think this position is going to allow me to enhance my knowledge at this. Uh, so, f- for example, me personally, my the next job that I'm interviewing at is a job for security. I don't have as much experience with security per se as I do with development and medical. Right? I've worked in medical my whole life from an IT perspective, and I know medical very well, but security I don't, and so. That's honestly one of the biggest reasons why I'm intrigued because I want to be able to learn a new skill set from an IT perspective, right? Because IT is broad. There's a ton of different things in IT. Um, but security is something I don't know, and I would love to learn that, right? But that's that's something that I, I mean, let's just say I, I did say I can stand my old job. I would not say that, right? I would say looking to learn new things. Security is what you guys focus on. So let me ask you this, like what, let's say you did, you hated your old job, right? And you were let go, you were fired, let go, you're fired, right? Of course you want to, you don't want to go into your next interview and say that, right? Uh, so when they asked you, Hey, so why'd you leave your last job? Oh, I was looking for new opportunities, maybe something a little bit closer to home. Uh, you know, I couldn't do the commute or, you know, what have you, right? Something to not kind of have that, that negative vibe going on. But when, what if they ask, okay, well, do you have any references from your old job? How do you, how do you work around that? Cause you know, damn well, you're not going to have any references because so, uh, you were fired. So how do you work around that? The answer to that is always yes. Right. Just in, initially, right. Whether or not Absolutely. you left the job with knowing that you will have bad references, there's usually a good chance if you're a decent person, that there's one person at the job that, that did work, did like working with you. So the answer is yes, absolutely, I, w- I have references. If I were to get fired from the job, I wouldn't just, I wouldn't state that I got fired, right? I would say, unfortunately, the opportunity um, had to get cut short, so therefore I'm, I'm, I'm currently on the job market looking for a new position, right? I wouldn't be like, oh, I got fired. Right. I, I would just be like, I got, you know, unfortunately, due to the company's finances, we're let go. Um, and and so, I mean, at the same time, I don't huh. think they, I don't think, uh, you know, the interviewer can ask you, were you fired? No, nah, I, I don't, don't think they can ask you that. They can't ask you things like that. I mean, it's like, I mean, I know they'll like ask you, um, you know, like the reason for you like leaving the job. I hope I didn't sound negative through the interview because like, um, well, they asked me that on my second interview. It was just because, like, um, well, I left the company, like, the first uh, first one was published because, like, I got hired at Amazon at the time, and, like, I couldn't do, like, holiday pee season for, like, both places. Um, you know, so it's, like, yeah, so it's, like, um, when I got hired at <clears throat> Amazon, I had to, like, I had to leave at Publix. Um, you know, because this was, like, a full-time position, and at the time... Before I got hired, I was only doing part time, and I was only um, looking forward for like a full time position because I wanted to move up. Um, and and for like during the second interview, they wondered like you know uh, why did you apply? Because I wanted like to work at a full time position uh, job mm-hmm. that was like much closer to me, um, so I can work all the hours that I need. And you know that's that was like pretty that was pretty much my response. So it's like, I hopefully didn't like sound negative. Like I wasn't trying to be negative any other way. I try to avoid those. Cause it's like, if you're just negative, it's like, they'll just, they'll just avoid you if you're like negative. So I would also say, um, avoid negativity and then try to be as honest as possible. Right. I've, I've had the benefit of sitting on the other side of the interview table where, um, I can listen in to an actual, my manager interview 
uh, potential new hires, right? And it's crazy how when you're sitting on the other side of the, the desk, uh, you can easily tell when somebody's bullshitting you and when somebody's being honest, right? Yeah. Like you could pick that up uh, real quick, right? Whereas, you know, on the other side, you, you know, you're trying to bullshit and then you just get caught up in all your lies and you're trying to find <laughs> thinking on the spot. And, and then like, you don't get the opportunity because of that. Cause they could tell real fast. And that's so That's I mean, something I like learned. You, Cause I had to like, if, if you were just like, um, looking at the person eye to eye, I am pretty sure guarantee you were able to like, um, uh, tell by their facial expressions. If they're not looking at you, that means it's like, they're lying, you know, <laughs> unless you're a professional bullshitter. <laughs> yeah um uh, another thing that i like whenever i i have a candidate that's that we're interested in the job and we might have, tell them hey so we're gonna go ahead and maybe uh bring you in for another interview is um sending a thank you note or like an email message uh expressing your appreciation uh, of the time that they spent with you uh trying to fill this role for the company so that's that's another way of, of showing that you're interested in this job and that you're a go-getter. I 100% agree with that. I do the same thing, right? Every every time I talk to every a hiring time. manager, right? At, not per se HR, um, but a hiring manager, the, that means that, like, you know, Vic, you're stopping your, your work for the day to give this person their time uh, or your time to decide whether or not they're fit to work with the team or not. So it, it, it is a lot, right? So them reaching out and say, hey, just so you know, thank you. I appreciate it. I understand what you're going through in the sense of having to allocate time in order just to talk to me. I appreciate that. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal. And that, that shows you that they have a basic understanding of, of time and, and, and work. Now, let me ask you a question. What if you don't get the job? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Go ahead and send them. A, you know what? I mean, I. I okay, yeah. So, I actually recently, obviously not too recent, but maybe like the last two years, I've I interviewed for your job just to see if I would get an offer because that's what we do in my industry. Whether or not we actually are looking for a job or not, we will stay interviewing. That's what we have to do. Um, but one of the jobs I thought I killed. I mean. I legit thought I killed and I did not get an offer. And so I was actually a little caught by that. And I did reach out and honestly, all I said was, Hey, I appreciate, I mean, I, I told him I appreciate the time again. Um, and, and I asked him if the, what, you know, if there's anything I can do in order to enhance my skills for me to be able to join the team in a, in a further date, and or, you know, from a personality perspective, is there anything that you felt like didn't cope with the team? I just want some honest feedback, right? Um, unfortunately, they didn't respond. Um, but I, I actually do reach out. In the situation where I thought I should have gotten an offer and I didn't, I do ask pretty much, long story short, is what I do wrong, right? What, what can I do, Yeah, you know, to, to hone my skills for what you're looking for. Yeah, that's exactly what I do too. Just because yeah. sometimes you feel like, you know, you hit that shit. That shit went out, that's a home run. Right, yeah. And then, and then you can be a little depressed when you come back and, and you don't get a response back or, or they go ahead and send you that, that that email saying, hey, you know, unfortunately we have other candidates, whatever. 
you know yeah tell, tell me why mm-hmm. and i would love yeah to know it's like why. yeah it's like so you know, i can go ahead and, and and you know hold my skills and get better in that aspect of of whatever role that i'm it's, I'm trying it's to like get. if like if you at least get a response like um if you at least get a response you wouldn't have to feel like you wouldn't have to feel like devastated because like, at least you're getting response like at least they care you know to get back with you but it's like no responses i mean to, to me like it's a dick move that people do well, like in in businesses it's like you're just asking what did i do wrong you know i've um you know i've hit the nail on the head on everything you know that you need on the right. list of you know what your candidates are looking for and it's like there's just no response so you're just like you know questioning so like what did i do wrong and they don't even explain it so yeah i i definitely been there myself uh where i was three interviews in right um and then i get the the final interview and then i get the final word saying hey uh we decided to pursue uh a different path right and it's not even like a custom email it's like a generic email i think i think that's so frustrating uh for somebody who's like starting off in this industry as a developer um you just wasted three days of my time and you're gonna send me a generic email um and then i respond to that right i say hey you know like i appreciate uh, the time um but i i always and this is going off of what you said vic where you want to turn a negative into positive i always say that in my emails like hey you know i I always take this time even though um i I, this is not the news i wanted um i'll admit i'm a little disappointed uh, but I always like to turn uh, a negative experience into a positive one where I can grow. So do you have any right. feedback for right. me? And uh, it, it's almost like a 50-50. Sometimes they'll ignore you. And then sometimes they'll they'll call you back, right? And they'll tell you exactly why what happened. And I've had multiple instances where it was between me and somebody else, right? So they they would interview over 150 people. Uh, and they're like, hey, listen, we, we narrowed it down to you and somebody else. And at the end of the day, he just had a little bit more leverage in terms of experience than you had. Uh, you guys are, you were fantastic in terms of personality. You're easy to talk to, but we had to go with what the business needs, right? Um, and then you, you eventually can link up with them on, on LinkedIn, maybe keep tabs on them. Maybe a different opportunity pops up down the line, but I would never say, um, you know, you're a dick. Uh, I'm gonna burn bridges with you. I'm never gonna talk to you again, right? Cause it might be that, hey, somebody just had a little bit slight edge over you than as of right now, you know, but, but that might change in the future. So I wouldn't want to burn a bridge and say, oh, they're dickheads and, ha- and keep that, that negativity with you. Cause who knows, like a year from now, two years from now, they might reach out to you and be like, Hey, we talked a, a couple of years ago. Are you still interested? You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know, like, I had, uh, I had one guy that I know back in, like, college, like, years ago. He worked at a AMC theater, and, like, um, he was a very good associate, and I feel so bad for him, because it's, like, this week, like, during that week, it was, like, the worst for him, because he tried to apply for, like, manager positions, and, um, and during that week, he got an email from, like, AMC, but it was, like, a message just telling him, saying that, like, um, you know uh we appreciate um you know you applying for a manager position but unfortunately like uh we have better candidates on all like for the business at ASC theaters and all and he was so pissed off that he wrote on facebook saying like really amc like they 
on this email clearly told me like, uh, we don't care about you. We're not gonna like accept you as a management position. And um, and on the same week that he got denied, like, he had an expensive jacket and it got stolen in the theaters. He looked at the cameras too. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man! I was like, that's like the worst you have to deal with in a whole week. <laughs> you know who would benefit in this conversation right now? I already Everyone. know. What you did you say everybody i said i said you know who would benefit with this conversation would be kevin yeah <laughs> where is he at <laughs> yo direct direct kevin where you at straight to the source <laughs> no for real i think kevin right. would benefit from this conversation but uh all right where's that right now yeah because i know he's, he's been Amen. he's been going through a lot of interviews lately Oh yeah, for sure. And I would love to Oof. hear, you know, his responses well, when it comes to what he's doing after the interview. Eric and I actually did a mock interview with Kevin once. We did, yeah. And it was I didn't hear about that. He did hear about that. So it was successful in the sense of I think positive feedback was given to him. Whether or not it was accepted, that's a whole different question. It was not accepted. Yeah. Um <laughs> that's okay. for sure. Um Mike just that's for a bit. I'm good. But it, it's uh, no, we did do it. But it, I don't know. I, I think he would benefit from it just listening to this. But at the end of the day, it's uh, applying it as well, not just listening. We need to bring him on so it's, he can. It's about like whether you get accepted himself. or not, you know. So I don't know. I think. Yeah, uh, I know, hold like, on. Let me ask you this. Like, let me ask well, you this, Vic. Like, hold on, Josh. Let me ask uh, Vic something. Uh, and okay, this okay. is gonna relate to maybe Kevin's train of thought. In, in his current state of mind, uh, when you look to hire somebody, right? And maybe Troy can speak on this too, because I know you've sat on interviews as well. Um, are you looking more for um, credentials um, or are you looking more for personality? Like which one weighs more? Well, in my line of business, I would probably say personality. And the reason why I say that is because the things that we do here, I'd rather teach you and, and, and make you understand how it works the right way rather than you coming in thinking that you know how to do it, but then you do it wrong. I want I want someone that's willing to, to learn on the spot, on the job. That's 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 my job. My job is to, to get you to where you need to be. But if your mindset is not there, um, whether that be the way that you talk to people, you know, uh, you know, monotone, um, you sound like you don't really care. Like that's a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. I, I want you, I want your voice to have, uh, I guess like what pitches, like, you know, I, I want to, if I don't see you, I want to hear you smile. <clears throat> and, and that's a real thing. Like I can hear people when they talk, if they're smiling or not. And if you're not smiling, then. You, you might not be a good fit for this job. A everything else will come down the line. We're, we're going to train you. You're going to have right. time to train. You're going to have time to learn the business. Obviously, I want you to, to know a little bit about the business and then have a little bit of skill on it. But to me, that's not the most important thing because no matter if you were w working for our competitor or not, they might do things differently. But you know what the product is and, and what we're working for. Right. I, I need you to have a personality. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Personality goes a long way. Yeah. Um, 
I can't have someone talk to customers with a monotone and, and, and just just your overall face expressions, you know, negative. That's that's a no no for me. So I think what you just stated, Vic, is great, right? Person it goes a long way. So let's let's ask a question of, of this. What are you doing to make sure your personality is on point and or you're you are making sure you are enhancing your personality, right? Because there are people that you talk to and you're like, oh my gosh, I love that person. And sometimes by default, that person has that personality. They're born with it. There are other people who do not have that naturally. And there are people who have to work at that personality. And so is there anything that you do personally to try to make sure your personality is on point that you cater to a, uh, a variety of audience? Would it I mean, be fair it really, to be like... It really just depends on the situation. So, you know, I, I do coachings. You know, I, I coach the, the people that I work with and, and I go ahead and give them their successes and their opportunities. And when it comes to coaching, it's a 30, uh, I'd probably say 40, 60 street. So 40% of the time I'm talking and 60% of the time you're talking. I want you to talk more than me because I want you to go ahead and answer the questions I'm asking. Um, and, and you have to tell me what you need to, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what your opportunities are. And instead of me giving you the answer on what you need to do, I need you to go ahead and tell me what that answer is. And I already know what the answer is, but my job is to, to help you discover that it's an issue. And so once we're both on the same page, then we'll go ahead and work on it. So let's say, uh, you know, you're you're not doing as well as this other person in, in a certain metric. So, all right, so for the next week, you know, because you have some opportunities to work on in this metric, I'm gonna go ahead and get you with the person that is exceeding their expectations in this exact metric. And I want you to learn. And so the next time that you and me talk, we're gonna go ahead and talk about what you've learned and what you've established yourself to be better in that metric. Hmm. It's just as simple as that. It, it's just uh, helping that person understand that I'm not going to give you the answer. I am not going to give you the answer. I already know what that answer is. But if you don't self-discover yourself in that that issue, we're going to keep doing the same coaching and you're going to have the same op opportunities that you've been having for, for months and months. Okay, so let, let's, okay. let's take this outside of work for a second, right? And this is something that I personally have been working on and have struggled with. Being able to talk to anybody anytime about anything, right? So there are obviously a variety of people who have different loves, right? Some people love basketball. Some people love football. Some people have a passion for video games. Some people have a passion for just random things, chess. Um, and so I have been working on personally being able to have some sort of a logical discussion on almost any topic, right? Um, and therefore I've put forward time in studying chess moves, right? By default. Uh, in fact, I follow how kind of weird, but I follow TikTok pros at, at, at chess, right? Just so I can follow to see what are they talking about? And a lot of the times I have no clue, but I look it up, um, because I want to have the knowledge to be able to talk to anybody at any time. And that I feel like personally, that's going to allow myself to advance. Outside of, um, outside of professional, right? Not that I know yeah, how to yeah, do the I job, know. but just as, hey, I like this guy. This guy can talk to me. I can talk to him. In fact, he can talk to everybody on the team. And that's something that, as a young adult, 
I've been really working on it, and, and I want to hear mm -hmm. your input as a manager. Well, I mean, the way I do it, I mean, I, I just go ahead and get to know them. That's that's the main thing. Uh, you have to go ahead and find out what their interests are. And and once you go ahead and find out what their interests are, it's 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 easy. You go ahead and start asking them questions like, oh, man, so you, you, you play baseball? How, how long have you been playing baseball? You know, it's just asking them questions about what they like. And that way, you don't really have to talk too much. They're they're going to be doing the talking for you. They're going to go continue to tell you what they like. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just listening and, and looking for cues. So you know, if, if if you feel like you know, they have a watch on and, and they have an Apple Watch and and they look like they're fit. You know, I'm like, oh, I see you have a watch, man. Like, do you work out a lot? Oh yeah, I work out. Oh awesome. What do you do? Blah blah blah. I do. I do CrossFit. Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, how long have you been doing CrossFit for? You know, how does that make you feel? This and that, blah, blah, blah. That's how you're going to go ahead and be able to, to connect with people. And that's one of the most important things in anything is to connect with people and find their interest and, and just feed off that interest. And there's your conversation, bro. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting talking point because, like, I, I'm an introvert by default, right? And I think most... Oh, I'm, I'm Introvert yeah. as default too. Like, and so, so I don't know about you, Reynolds, but uh, I have to. I had to work my way up to to be an introvert, and so it's a skill now for me. It, it's not my. It, it's not my priority to be an introvert all the time. I can when I get home, I'm I'm back to being an introvert instead of an extrovert, you know. But when I need to be an, an extrovert, I can turn that switch on real quick. And and it's just me learning that other person. It's like you talking to a girl, bro. You know, you, you go ahead and, and you like this person because she hot, you know, but you guys probably have nothing in common. You got to find something that you have in common. You got to ask that person questions. And and then once you go ahead and find something that you guys are both in, uh, interested in, it's a wrap. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, like, I think that's one of my biggest opportunities, not in just a professional setting but like uh personal as well right social uh is being open to have conversations with anybody at any time about anything right um and that that just goes from how i was raised right i, I was i was the type of kid who was told not to uh say hi to people um in the store or on the street you, you can't say hi to anybody you can't you can't say hi to strangers you can't look at strangers don't touch nothing right um in the summer um i was mostly in my room playing nintendo 64 by myself right um and then as a as a kid and as a, a teenager um i wasn't allowed to play outside most of the time and when i was i couldn't leave the front of the house right that's how strict it was uh so naturally living by those kind of rules and restrictions you know i'm not really a people person Right. Um, and it's it's an unnatural feeling for me to sit down and have a random conversation with a random person. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of trying to break that barrier uh, just for myself. Or I can live a more healthier social life than anything. Right. Um, and I think when I cross that barrier, uh, it'll probably improve my professional career as well. Um, so I don't I don't know. I, I know most engineers are, are like that as well. Uh, but that's just my take. And, no, I fully agree. And for the, for everyone listening, 
uh, Eric and I, we live pretty close. We talk a lot. And one of the biggest things that I was blessed with in life was my dad was not an introvert. He was a salesman. And I've learned a lot from him. So I personally am a software engineer as well. I, I'm, I'm by default introverted. Um, but I've also picked up a lot of things that he has taught me. Um, one of the things that has ingrained in my mind that I have not came close to perfecting is if you're eating lunch alone, you're wrong, right? My dad was a top, top, top salesman. In fact, he ran the whole state of Florida um, for his company. And he told me, and I think about it all the time is if you're eating lunch alone, you're wrong because at the end of the day, you need to continuously build relationships and, and think about it, right? Food is one of the easiest ways to sit there and say, hey, are you free for lunch? Can I take you out to lunch? So you're talking about maybe a 15, $20 meal that you're building a relationship day to day to day that over time just expands, right? And and it's it's beneficial. And he he's told me, and I, I've seen it, he talks about everything. Talk about the Super Bowl, talk about soccer. He doesn't even watch soccer. So I'm, I asked, how do you know about this? I looked into it because I know clients like this. And so I'm not a salesman, but at the end of the day, right, I do want to climb the ladder in the sense of uh, management, right? So uh, from an ideal perspective, I would love to be a CIO. But in order to get there, you have to be able to have relationships with everybody and have some sort of understanding of what everyone likes. And so that's what I'm working for. And that's what I was talking about in the sense of understanding all different aspects. So what if what if my CEO is loves bowling? I know nothing about it. Guess what I'm doing the next day. I'm researching it. I'm, I'm learning. In fact, I might go bowl a couple times just for the next time I talk to him. I say, oh, my gosh, John Hallegram, you know, he won last year in, in, in bowling, et cetera, et cetera. Just so I can have that conversation that sparks his most favorite interest. That's hard to find in people in general. And if you can tap into that, you're going to be very successful uh, for, for, from a, in, just in general. And I absolutely agree with you 100%. And one of the other things that you want to do is you want to, like, I guess, like, upgrade yourself, you know? Start doing new yeah. things. Don't, huh. don't keep doing the same things over and over again. There was a couple years back, I was like, man, I mean, I've done a couple things, but my, there's so much out there. I went to Colorado. I started snowboarding. You know, I went to I went to another country. I went to Canada, even though it's, like, right there. But, hey, I had to get my passport for it, you know? Um start experiencing new things to where when someone asks you a question about something that they're passionate about you have a little bit of knowledge of that of that topic and you can go ahead and hold a, a good conversation i don't know a lot about crypto but i know enough to hold a conversation with somebody and at least help them understand the basics of it and and you know teach them what i know about it I don't know too much about snowboarding, but I've experienced it, and I know how it feels when you're 1,200, 2,000 feet up in the air where you can't breathe, you can't even tie your shoe type deal, you know? Exactly. So you have to upgrade yourself. You have to experience new things, and that's the really that's, that's the key to growing as a person is to experience, not just hear it from the other person. Like you said, if they like, like, like bowling, you might not even care about bowling. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Let me go ahead and dabble, you know, my, my toes in there a little bit and, and see what it's about. So that way, the next conversation, you can say, yeah, I, I don't like bowling because of this and, and or I like bowling because of that. 
and and you know i had this issue when i was bowling how do you how do you uh prepare when when it comes to that situation and that's just gonna go ahead and help you all the way around is when you have your own experiences and you can talk about those experiences thousand mm-hmm. percent i think that the most easiest topics to to talk about with like a, somebody you just met is like sports and traveling dude like like if you if, if they're talking about you know their trip they they're they took last summer they're planning to take um and you've been there i think that that's like such an easy and great way to start off a conversation um and that's why i want to travel uh, a little bit more than than what i do now um just so i can have stories to tell right and i have a little bit more experience i can experience culture um outside of uh my four walls right um and outside of tampa right uh, tampa is a great place but there's so many other places out there that you can experience and i don't know that's, that's yeah, just I mean, some just, one just of my goals an, the other part of the even just going a thousand miles west um you can experience so much the weather the climate how 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 what humid is and, and what dry heat is you know those are just just things that you just want to experience yourself you don't want someone to tell you about yeah. it yeah i want to travel a little bit more i remember when i was growing up and and Same i was here. in like elementary school uh, and we would come back from summer vacation. Uh, the teacher, the first thing the teacher would do was do a round table. What did you guys do this summer? Right. And all the kids, I remember all the kids were like, oh, I traveled to New York City. We went to Times Square and then we went up to Maine. Uh, another kid would go, oh, we went to Australia. Uh, another kid would be like, oh, we went to California. We have family over there. We went to the beach. And when it came to me, oh, I stayed in my room and I played video games, you know, like, and like, that's one of the things I've always, like, I don't want to say envy. But I don't know. I like now that I have a daughter, I never want her to to go into uh, a classroom, right, back to school, and be and be like, I didn't do anything at all, you know. Oh yeah, yep. and that comes to being and a I parent. I completely agree. Yeah, you know why I agree good. with you is because you're my brother, and I know how we were raised, and we were raised in that way. Yep. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with being raised the way that we were raised, but it limits you, or it limits your growth as a person. And so, you know, I have a nine-year-old daughter. She's already been to Tennessee, Georgia. She's been to Chicago. She's been to uh, Indiana. She's been to Florida, obviously, because that's where she was born. And I tried to do the opposite of what I was told and I was raised. Mm -hmm. And I go ahead and take her places because I want her to experience as much as she can. So when she gets older, she can go back and reminisce on those times where you know, we were on the Sears. Well, it's not the Sears Tower anymore. It's what the Willis Tower. Yeah, yeah, I was on the Willis Tower when I was six years old, and and I went to Orlando and I did this, and I went to to Georgia to go to Six Flags and this and that, blah blah blah. Uh, went to the beach. Uh, I want to take her to to California. Yeah, and I just want to take her over. That's that's my next one for her is to go to California because I've never been there either. So that's gonna be an experience and to have your you and your your own blood experience the same thing at the same time that's awesome yeah not, that's something that you guys will never forget not only does it build like healthy relationships and memories but i think it also helps build like good social skills right it builds social skills and character yeah yeah that, that's one of the goals as a parent like i'm a new parent right so for those who don't know i, I just had a baby back in may um it's my first uh baby is my daughter so like that's one of my goals as a parent right i I don't want to 
I, I, I want to afford those opportunities that I didn't have to, to my daughter. Right. And I think it's going to be a great experience uh, of us experience that for the first time together. Right. Cause I didn't get to travel um, too many places. And I, for example, if, if we book a trip to Paris or Italy, it would be my first time going there. Right. And I think it, to share that with my kid, I think that's going to be an awesome experience. And that's something I look forward to as a parent. You know, I don't, I never want like my fear is becoming a parent that's too tied up in their career or at work um, to do those things with my kids. Life is short, man. You know, and the kids grow up so fast. Like my daughter is already two months old and, and she's twice as big as she was when we first got her. So, you know, time flies and I don't want to miss out on, on those memories. And so I'm going to have a kid in October. So I fully agree with that. Right. Um, oh, congratulations. I didn't know. Big thank you, man. It, it's, yeah, congrats, man. It's a, uh, it's going to be a guy, but I mean, I, I agree. Oh, I, I, snap. <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be a little terror. I tell you that right now. I'm not, I'm not always the uh, easiest guy to be around sometimes. So he, he's probably not going to be the easiest little guy to be around as well. But, um, uh, what Cruz is saying, right? I mean, look, I personally want the best for him, right? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look into nannies. I'm looking to the best aftercare. I'm looking to the best daycare and trying to figure out what, what's best for him, right? And, and then on top of that, right, once he gets older, it's going to be, what sport is he like? Can I get him into summer schools? Can I get him to um, different extracurricular activities that's going to make him excel? Um, and then on top of that, it's can I expose him to um, extra stuff such as traveling, right? Um, or sports and or activities that he doesn't really care for, but you make him go through as a kid because you know as a parent, that's going to better him only, right? Whether he hates it or not. Um, and so I, I get it, right? I mean, and those are things that I'm already thinking about and my kids aren't even born yet. Um, and so that's, that's a strong topic, right? But at the end of the day, right, everyone raises their kids in a certain way. Um, and I, I think at the end of the day, if your kid's if your kids up and running, you're good to go. Good job as a parent because that's not an easy job. We're about an hour and a half in, guys. I think this was a, a productive conversation. This was one of our better uh, for sure, yeah. conversations um, we had. I just want to um, say one last thing and um, uh, before I go, because, like, um, about how I was um, – uh, how I was raised and it was um it was pretty um it was pretty tough for me though because little did I ever know um until like until like recently I've been like having like a lot of like you know uh, a lot of like therapy online sessions um and like but it's like the worst case scenario um is officially that like it's been decided out of all the psychological tests and all so it it turns out the fact that like you know i am a uh, autistic and it pretty much sucks for me because it's like um little did i ever know what it meant back then and um you know the fact that like my you know all like the like when i have time freak out getting aggressive was just unnatural and it happens too quick um, and I had like, you know, serious social problems and I wanted to be friends with everybody. Um, you know, cause it's, I just, I just, I just like, you know, don't want to be, you know, left out or anything. 
but um it was really hard for me as a kid because like you know uh back then i would like i would pretty much like do anything um i would pretty much do anything to get with people like just to be friends with them even if like even if they were like the worst of troublemakers because it's like i was in public schools it's like it's it's really hostile so like the only choice like to, to get in was like without uh just the only way to get in without any problems was just to be with those type of bad kids and all that that's how i was and mm-hmm. um you know good, and though. it wasn't it wasn't like me um uh, my parents never liked it either um and it's like it it, it it was like an unhealthy like it was an unhealthy lifestyle for me to be in like a public schools because it's like you know like i said before and over the years and they still currently are that um they're completely hostile to like anybody any child like they're really hostile to the point where it'll make like other you know other young kids like commit suicide and you wonder why parents are like um suing schools suing the actual like you know the bully's parents um because they're responsible for it like it happens um you know and the system it's like since they're so Mm -hmm. hostile they don't even care which is it was just horrific it's like they're responsible like endangering other people's lives so um yeah, i think you make a good point and i just want to say um say that you know yeah. th- that's actually a real brave of you josh to come out and and, and let the people know right For sure um yeah that that's um, a real deep conversation and i think it takes a lot of maturity to acknowledge that um yeah and then and you know verbally uh i guess verbalize that right yeah it's it's like you know it's you know it's either one thing or another you know when it comes to depression and my past just like it hits me pretty hard because it's like that's where i feel like you know not only that like i don't know how that i managed like to graduate through school i don't know how and all because it's like because one thing that these pe- bad people taught me was like well like you know you could be successful whatnot but it doesn't hurt to have a little fun right well that little fun was just like getting in trouble and they're like the worst ways ever it's like almost like every month there would be like an incident and um and it's like i was prepared for the worst um from my parents because they hated it they hated the things that i was doing and um you know and that's where it's like so much negativity was you know so much negativity was casted upon me especially when even when i passed a test i know like i will seriously bust my ass and pass like three or four tests like on a friday um you know but it's like you know i let my parents show especially my mom i let her show and she's all well like the last thing i ever like hear from her all the time for about this even if i worked too hard she would just tell me that fact that like you've done enough damage especially like the night before studying um was an absolute hectic mess and even if i do pass she still wasn't be she still wasn't even happy it's just mm-hmm. like you've done enough damage and that's why i've that's why you know so much negativity and autistic levels were like were dangerously high when i was a kid um you know and i would have that i would have that yeah. type of like a little bit of like a delusional um a little, little bit of like a delusional relationship where i keep thinking like back when i was a kid i kept thinking like 
if anybody was like looking at me from like from a distance along with a group of other kids and they were like um people that i would like know within like one year i sometimes would just freak out thinking that like, they were actually talking about me in the worst way which and in this case it's like that's not true like they just tell me and like i'm just i'm just still like well you were just talking smack about me and they're just like dude calm down you know so um i think that's a, a good point and, and and you know we can take this and we can segue into a whole episode yeah. you know just dedicated to your perspective right yeah um and it might and, benefit um, for those yeah. who are listening who might have that same condition right yeah who may have had the same experiences like, you and, had and like i've been like just because it's like autistic it's like you know it's just i don't know if anybody would agree to compare this but i find it the same as cancer it's like you know it's uncurable it's it's hard to work around it it's very hard to manage especially like the older you get the worse it gets and all so um and i've been trying to like you know i've been trying to figure ways to get a to get around this um and throughout all my life um i was like because of this i was like i was pretty much like in fear of like would i ever like you know make friends with like any normal people like people who aren't autistic people who like are you know people who are not like you know uh customer oriented or not really polite at all um and there's those type of people where it's like they're not really polite at all but at least they have some like rather good friends like um you know but that wasn't to me with that case it's like um i feared that like i wasn't going to have like any normal friends right. and uh and my mom was just like you know she she still has like her um she still has her doubts about me making friends so what type of friends are they um you know especially if once if they bring a positive influence or a negative influence and all but it's like i don't i don't spend time around with like the negative uh people that brings a bad influence on me because it's like i've been passed by that my whole life i i've passed that point already um but like public school wise it was absolute hell for me over the years and it's like it's why i'm like this and all um yeah and you know, and, it, and it's, I, it's it's a it's a lot it's it's a lot to handle so it's yeah i mean it's a lot to talk about and i think you i mean i think like i said before we could segue this into an entire uh, episode just dedicated on that right but we're running up yeah. on time now we're about an hour and 40 minutes so i kind of want to do like a time check with everybody yeah and make sure we're all good but hey props to you josh uh you know yeah. i know that's that that's a real personal thing to talk about um and it takes a lot of courage to, to come out and, and and say that right and, yeah. and josh yeah absolutely, josh, and I, I i do have to commend you on that because it, it takes a lot of courage to go ahead and, and speak those yeah. words especially you know when it comes to the the podcast you're, you're talking to this you're talking about this to the world and you're you're giving them your your experiences when it comes to it um yeah and i'm sorry that in the end in the you know in the past you were you were prone to bullying because i know that's one of the cons of of being you know in, in that state autism um yeah but just remember i mean there's there's good things about it too i mean you're autism it, you're highly functional uh you, you uh and your awareness to support other people as well you're very kind and so that's one of the pros or at least two of the pros when it comes to that 
Um, and I don't know if you've ever watched this movie. Um, it was Ben Affleck, and it's called The Accountant. And if you've I've heard never of it before, seen... I never got a chance to watch it, but I I remember that before. So I highly recommend you watch this movie um, because I don't want you to think this as uh, cancer. You know, you you, you want to go ahead and use this to your advantage and try to you know better yeah. yourself and. Don't let anybody put you down just because of you know yeah. the disability that you might have. Um, yeah, my it, older my older sister stuff was like you know trying to show me something some stuff like on like Facebook and there's like a TikToker, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the kind of things that I would usually hear about people like with autism and like and also and also a girl like who has autism, but it's like she made some really good points. It's like like. You were you remind me of my son. It's like you look like you know he has autism. Like, a, um, what does autism look like to you? <laughs> like, I yeah. would sometimes get those from people. Yeah, but I, yeah so I've like, had a. Like I said, uh, just just go ahead and watch that movie when you have a chance. I'm sure yeah. it's on Hulu. I'm sure it's on Netflix. It might it should yeah. be on those. And it's called yeah. the account. So yeah. Yeah. Watch that movie when you have a chance. I I had a work. Um, I had a friend at work. I back at my old employer uh who had a son who was diagnosed with autism right and um he had a tattoo on his arm that says uh autism is his superpower right and he had like uh like a superman logo or something like that um so you might want to look at it from that kind of perspective right um not necessarily it being a cancer right but maybe use it to your advantage or or right you know there, there's a lot of people out there who um, to acknowledge yeah. that condition, yeah. right? And they find ways to cope and live a completely happy and healthy life, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just all looking at it from a positive perspective. So, right. hey, I think we definitely should segue this off on another time. I personally have someone very close to me that has dealt with this uh, to an extreme. Um, and I think the conversation between you and him um, would be beneficial to the world. So I just want to mention that, and honestly, and, and I also, uh, um, I agree with you stating this, right? Because now this segues into a conversation where people can probably look forward to and say, hey, I, I'm also dealing with this. Can I, can I hear two different uh, insiders' opinions on what they're going through, what they've gone through, and how they're dealing with it? Because if I can get him in this with you, I think the conversation is going to be uh, amazing. Right. Hey, maybe we can have a guest speaker the next time we. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can always ask him, and if we can get him in as a guest speaker and him go through. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of it. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that he's able right. to tap into uh, how he really feels and what he really wants to say. Because at the end of the day, look, you you're going through things that ninety percent of the people that that go through this, what you go through it. They're doing the same thing, right? And they want to hear how you're dealing with this, right? What are, what are your right. thoughts? Um, how, how do you feel? Oh, I feel the same way. Oh, okay, wow, he feels the same way too. Uh, okay, so you understand this. Everyone, is, uh, and everyone understands this, and and you're dealing with it like this, and that's beneficial because a lot of people are struggling with this, and so I think um, voicing it will will help a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, um, I don't know if I can still do this, like, just before I go, uh, to work. Maybe, like, um, 
maybe like this would be like perfect to like you know um you know to have like you know talks like these at like, late nights and all i mean i'm I'll, i'm pretty sure i would be like very consistent with it though so um if, when i get my like if i get my new job it'll be like from like working full-time hours in the morning from like 6 30 to 2 and you know i'll be pretty much consistent like almost every day so all right that's good to know that's very good to know yeah so um i could probably um i would want to request maybe like try to do another like late night uh <laughs> hour or hour and a half tomorrow if it's possible um you know just something like before my birthday like i don't know just, just to have like just to speak to because it's like there's you know when it comes to positive or you know um some positive feedback or yeah um or, or just like the personal topics there's a lot that i have to there's a lot i have to get out of my chest because i'm about to turn 26 and i just want to get you know everything out of my chest before i turn 26 and hopefully um hopefully like people should understand this and all so yeah i mean i, I think um we can maybe say that for the next episode um i don't know what everyone's availability is like this week yeah. coming up um, um but i'm all, available I'm, like late night um for another you know for another episode so yeah i'm, I'm always like available during the evening um but um yeah yeah i'm but, sure we can go ahead and set something up so uh we can continue this conversation yeah. uh, on the next episode of uh press play media yeah 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 so I, we're approaching uh yeah we're at an hour and 45 minutes so we'll probably uh wrap this one up but uh yep. i want to appreciate uh well i want to thank troy for coming out um, and being a guest, I don't know if, if uh, he's going to be a permanent cast on the show, if he wants to do that, if, if that's something we're all open to, that's, you know, yeah, I, I don't know how he feels about it, uh, but it was definitely uh, nice to nice to meet him, by the way, though. So I'm Josh. So, hey, Josh, well, no, thank you guys for letting me be on the show. Um, if I have the time, I'd love to to join, especially in these uh, certain kind of topics, right? Because at the end of the day, these topics influence more than just me or you, right? They influence uh, millions of people so if um you know with the schedule allotted to me uh by eric i would love to be able to join when i can absolutely right so thank you all right guys so i guess we'll wrap it up um anybody else got one last thing to say before we, uh, we leave for the night uh, no, not really all right yeah well hey uh, thanks for tuning in for everybody oh, listening actually, out I there. I have one more question. Oh, uh, God. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, and this is, we, we, everybody that's been on this, this podcast has answered this question. And so since you are a guest or, or at least right now, temporarily you're a guest, I'm going to ask it to you and it would be, uh, what would you do for a Quarantine bar? <laughs> oh man. I mean, I'm trying to be appropriate, right? Uh, oh my god you might have to cut this out (laughs) um i I, I would spend at least five dollars for a clone like bar that's what i would do for a clone like bar i don't think that was a question though the question is what would you do i would i would i would like what what, like it's like your response has to be like what would you do if anything anything extreme all for a clone like bar oh the thing is i mean not everyone here knows me well enough to know the kind of things i would do for a clone like bar so i want to 
But, you know, I, I will answer this question again down the road, but for right now, I would spend $5, although it's only worth $1.75, <laughs> I would spend $5 for a clone like bar. Fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, revisit that conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we get different ads the next time. We'll, we'll go ahead and get <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, hey, I want to thank everybody uh, f- for tuning in. Uh, thank you for the cast. Thank you for the guests. Uh, until next time. Talk to you later. Thank you. All right.